0: What's good, everybody? This is Rob Stats Guerrero. I know you want to get to the Deion Sanders interview with Kyle Posey, and we're going to get to it really, really quickly. Just want to remind you tons of great guests this week on Niners Nation. Trey Lance, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, in addition to Deion Sanders, we also had Vernon Davis, so you definitely want to scan through the Niners Nation podcast feed, check out your favorite interviews, and with this Deion Sanders interview, I know some of you don't listen all the way to the end, I promise you, listen to the complete interview. Something happens right at the end that I think you're really going to like. Here's Kyle Posey with Deion Sanders.
1: Welcome to a very special edition of the Niners Nation show. My name is Kyle Posey. I am joined by a name that you all are very familiar with. Deion Sanders, head coach. Deion Sanders, that is, of Jackson State football. Dion,
2: what's going on, man? What's going on, my man? Niners Nation. Okay, now I get it. I get it now. Let's do it. Let's do it. Niners Nation. So you're upset right now. You're sad that you didn't make it, so I got to heal you. That's what you want. You want me to heal you. That's that's why you're here.
1: That's why I brought you on here. Okay, Okay. before we... Before we get back to that sadness of last week, I I want your predictions. So it's Super Bowl week. Stars are everywhere. We got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, you name it. Uh, Let's get this out of the way. Who you got in the Super Bowl and who's your
2: MVP? Okay, let's get this out of the way. First of all, I need to shave you with Gillette. Okay, I need to to take care of you, man. With the Gillette Labs razor, I need to just come and get you cleaned up, get you groomed up, making sure you look good. It's quick and easy. It's washing your face. You're going to love it. It's activation there at Santa Monica, Gillette.com slash skate. It's gonna be all kind of barbers there. We can line you up, we can fade you up. We can just get you looking amazing and feeling amazing like I do every day, because I shave. I'm not just endorsing this product. I actually use the darn product, all right? This ain't no falsifying anything. This is what I do. So let's get that out of the way, okay? I want you to get the product, okay? Now that we got that out of the way, I like the Rams. I like the Rams. First of all, they're at home. Second of all, they have a few premier players on defense that's going to present the Bengals with a lot of problems. You know who they are. I don't have to name those guys. I love what the Bengals have done. Um, They're Cinderella. I don't think the glass slipper is not going to fall off probably until the second half. But what Burrow brings to the table is hope, um, excitement, uh, passion, purpose. The kid is amazing. Chase is going to have some problems dealing with Jalen Ramsey. Um, the whole entire line that surrendered several sacks to Tennessee is going to have tremendous problems with Aaron Donald. Um, it's going to be a good Super Bowl. Love that it's in California, but I'm picking the
1: Rams. No, I agree with a lot of what you said, and. It's everybody struggles with Aaron Donald. Everybody struggles with Jalen yeah. Ramsey. And that's why they're here because they are stars and not just your usual typical stars. They're like the best players at their position. And it just so happens to be at the most important, some of the most important positions. So uh, who's your MVP?
2: MVP, may be Ramsey or Donald. I think it may come from the defensive side. Although if the quarterback has a halfway decent game, he's going to be the MVP, which I wish they changed the rules and give us an offensive MVP and a defensive MVP because if the quarterback throws for 300 yards. Um, they're not going to give it to Cooper cup. They're going to give it to the quarterback. Right. Yeah, that's just, I just don't like it. I can't stand it. I'm, I'm a little biased because I can't stand quarterbacks, but that's the way it
1: is. So I'm, I'm going with the Rams. I, I think, for a lot of the same reasons you said. I think twenty eight seventeen. But I'm going Cam Akers, former Seminole. And I think they're just going to, you know, McVay, for all of the things that people talk about him, he, he's kind of a conservative coach. He's probably going to want to establish the run. And I think Akers busts a couple, gets over 100 yards, gets in that end zone, and uh, gets the MVP. Okay, let's turn the page. You, again, are a head coach now, which still is just blowing right. my mind to say out loud. Um, How is it blowing your mind
2: that I'm a head coach? I, I could take offense to that. I could really get that statement. Why is it blowing your mind? Is it blowing your mind in the success we had or just the ideology of Prime as the head coach? Deion Sanders is the head coach. Right. we play played
1: video games with you and everything that we've done with Deion Sanders, nothing would have said, oh, he's going to be the head coach of Jackson freaking State. That's blowing my mind. It's not the success. We knew you were going to be good. That's not a, like, that's not a surprise at all. It's just the fact that everything happens so quickly. And uh, when I say it's blowing my mind, it's, more, it's a good thing. And I want to be clear that that's the case. It's a great thing. Um, no doubt about it. So now that you're in that head coaching space, one of Kyle Shannon's greatest strengths is just building a staff around him. Uh, he's mm-hmm. had multiple coaches who hired his head coach in a short time. Wh- Who's the first phone
2: call that you made to join your staff? Well, you got to understand, uh, I attacked it a little differently than many um, coaches would. I needed a blend because this is a different athlete out there today that you're trying to attract. So I. Warranted guys that's from the NFL. I have, I think, three of those guys that played in the NFL formerly. I have several guys that came from the college ranks, and I had and I have a few guys that came from the high school ranks. So the understanding of the kid is from all angles. We have people on the staff that the kid wants to arrive to is the NFL. On the staff that at the college level, so we have full understanding of how college works because I'm coming from high school and then high school coaches that understand what these kids are going through mentally and emotionally, and psychologically going into college. So we have a, a wonderful staff, man, and they're really good at what they do. I think we have 75 years of NFL experience on our staff. Yeah, that helps.
1: And I'm, I'm glad you said that just the different ranges, because Mm-hmm. But quarterback A, how he acts, isn't going to be totally different from cornerback C. That's and for right. you to have the same type of coach on your staff, like these kids aren't going to be able to Like, even if it's you, like the same guy is not going to be able
2: to relate to you. So you have exactly. to get a bunch of different people. So um, right. uh, that, that was kind of my follow-up. Uh, we have just roles too. I mean, you have a disciplinarian coach, a coach that the kid needs someone to talk to. We have a coach that's really good with that. Then we have a coach that is one of them old hood coaches that come <laughs> Some of these kids need that, you know, so we we have a diverse uh, nature of coaches that can speak to every need that the kid may have. Are are you the guy that the get after the kids kind of coach or are you the loud yeller? I'm a little bit of both. I'm a talker. I'm a reasonable person, but uh, I'm quite demanding. I want what I want and I want it right now. And I'm not going to settle with mediocrity whatsoever. And that's one of the reasons that we're successful. Yeah, you can't allow that. You can't let kids get away with that. That's good. So when the casual observer thinks of a coach,
1: they're going to narrow it down to things they can see, like play calling, you know, being aggressive on fourth down, clock management, and obviously it goes deeper than that. So after your first year, what was something that you dealt with that maybe, you know, kind of caught you off guard or you didn't think that would fall under the hat of being a head coach and how would you deal with it?
2: Um, I've been coaching for a long time, high school, youth, all that, and all this stuff prepared me, man. Even in the pros, you you, you somewhat coach when you play at a certain level. Um. Nothing caught me off guard because uh, I think God really prepared me on the backside of the desert, meaning when I, I was in the high school and the youth levels, nothing really caught me off guard, but um, really the difference of these kids nowadays is they don't want it as much. You, you got to do a better job when you recruit a sitting down with not only the kid, but with the parents and ask some pertinent questions. To understand why they're doing this, why they're playing this game and what they want out of this game and out of their life. And if our goals coincide with one another, we'll take a shot at it. But if it don't, I'm looking for smart, tough, fast, disciplined kids with character. If they don't have three of those attributes, you can't come in my locker room. You can't play for me. But isn't that something you have to learn on the fly with those kids? You don't learn. On, on, I don't learn nothing on the fly. I don't do that. Like we have a series of questions, a series of uh, meetings that we have before we offer a kid a a scholarship of really, you know, we can offer them, but that don't mean he's going to get it. Uh, Really bring a kid in and we see some things on a visit, uh, put them in certain situations so we can see how they react. You can sit down with parents and understand what you're going to get. They're not going to fall too far away from that tree. So if that tree is a little rusty on a visit, we don't want to deal with that tree. So it's so many different aspects of coaching and um, landing these kids and really wanting the kids that uh, have the ability. But they got to be smart, tough fast, disciplined with character. Okay,
1: let's go back to the sadness of the 49ers here. Uh, I want to I bounce back and forth here, of course. So the Niners were outscored 13-0 in the fourth quarter, and it seemed like you know every chance they had to win, but they did, just couldn't pull through. So in a situation that they were going through, what's your message to the players when it seems like Murphy's Law, when you know everything that can go wrong does go wrong?
2: You got to keep on plugging, man. You can't stop. You can't give up. Coaches got to be a little more innovative. They got to do the things that, that they understand can they can be dominant at or they can be successful at in that particular game. They got to make adjustments. And then sometimes you got to make adjustments on the fly to get to W. You got to do what you got to do to get to W. Did you go through any scenarios like that this past season
1: where it seemed like you know everything's going on?
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, we weren't as productive as I wanted to be offensively. Of course, we made a change in the off season. Um, Defensively, we really got after it, but we could tighten up on the defensive front. So some games that we played below our standards, our last game that we lost, we played well below our standards uh, because I think our kids were satisfied after we won the swag. I think that was it for them. It was like their national championship instead of understanding that we have one more game to go. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And you it's tough
1: because you have to keep their mentality at the same level every time. And when mm-hmm. you're dealing with 18, 21 year old kids, that you don't know what you're gonna get week in and week out. So that's that's another challenge of coaching college football, isn't it? Well,
2: it, it, it is, but also you gotta understand how many kids you have inside the locker room that have actually won. Right. Um, a lot of kids had won and they don't understand winning. So when they win, they don't understand. You got to do this again and again and again. And there has to be consistency and there can't be any complacency. And you got to have something inside of you that desires to get to the next level. Every turn snap and to be dominant. All I ask for is three seconds of your best. Three seconds of the, your best. That's, that's all we want. Three seconds of the best that you can give me. Then you get the rest for about 15 and 20. Then give me another three seconds. That That's what we're looking for, man.
1: Yeah, I, I love that you boil it down to that because um, when, you, when you're talking about success in these kids all throughout the week, I'm sure, you know, especially with Jackson State and how the success you guys had, they're hearing everything sweet about them. Like they did this, they did that all season, but you still have another game to go. Okay, uh, Kyle Shanahan, the quarterback situation, the 49ers, they just had to go through a ton this year. So traded a bunch for Trey Lance and he didn't play in 2020. And then he's walking into a team that's ready to make the playoffs he has Jimmy Garoppolo who was up and down, but he has a locker room behind him. And again, when we're talking about football, we're talking about a sport. You can't ignore the emotion. You can't ignore that side of things. So how do you feel like Shanahan handled it? And
2: would you have done anything differently? Um, coach Shanahan is a great coach. Um, I think he's offensive genius. What he does and, uh, His consistency is really, really good. Garoppolo played great. Everybody's looking for an excuse to pull him out, to sit him down. The kid can play, man. Just give him his credit. I know you drafted Trey Lance, and you don't know what you're going to do with him. The reason Trey Lance didn't play, because something he displayed at practice, and the inconsistency of that probably was alarming. And I'm pretty sure that Kyle Shanahan wants to win, and he's going to put the best guy on the field. So when he makes a decision to go with Garoppolo, that means he's the best guy available.
1: Yeah, is it it does seem that simple because we forget. So on, on our end, we see the one throw that's an interception. We ignore the part where he you know makes the guy miss on the blitz or he gets the ball out in time and he gives the receiver a chance. And then of course, the freaking 500 practices that led up to that the week 16 or week, week 18 game. So yeah, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that I'm sure you're proven mm-hmm. to as a coach that, that we just don't know. Um, it's 2022 and yesteryear it seemed like you know running the football and stopping the run that was how you win in the nfl earned in all levels of football and even with all the change in today's game it still feels like that rings true do you agree and if so is that just because it's the physical nature of the sport will that ever
2: change i don't think the game has a physical nature like it once did i don't think that's the case um, just with the way that we're trending no um, they don't practice as hard They're the demand in all season is not as tough Um, You really don't have teams that run the ball tremendously well. Everyone's throwing the ball and putting it up 30, 40 times a game. Uh, San Francisco is probably the one of the most balanced teams in uh, the NFL, and and they should be proud of that.
1: NFL, as you've seen, it's been going on for decades. This is nothing new. We have one black head coach in the NFL. Uh, Position position coaches spend 10 to 12 hours a day with these guys. Uh, They get results. They still don't get coordinators. They still don't get head coaching. If I were to put Deion Sanders in charge of a committee, what changes would you make to make sure that we have more black head coaches? Because something has to change.
2: I can't make sure you have more black head coaches. I can't do that, but what I could do is give you black ownership. Let's expand. Let's go to three more cities and mandate that there must be inclusion in ethnicities when it comes to ownership, not just black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever it is. Okay, let's, let's go there and see where the ball falls. Let's do that. Instead of just fighting for the, the mediocre job that's coaching, let's go to ownership. Let's mandate debt and see how the game is played then. It'll be a whole new ball game if we get that. I appreciate well, that. Let's fight, let's fight for that. Let's not fight for the, the middle ground in the middle, man. Let's, let's let's fight for ownership.
1: That makes sense because if we fight for ownership, now we're talking billions and then the trickle-down effect, and then that's well, when we'll
2: get more jobs. Yeah, well, we, so. we pray so. Now, I, I would like to see what the African-American owner does. I would love to see that. We haven't had a chance. We don't know what's going to happen. So,
1: yeah, yeah, why wouldn't you? I, I love it, man. I appreciate it. Well, uh, that'll do it for us. Prime, thank you again for joining us. Um, Best of luck to you, Jackson State. Keep it up in the swag. Take care, man. Uh, any last words before you get out of here?
2: No, man, I appreciate you. You keep on doing what you're doing, man. You're making a difference. Take care, man. I love you.
0: Did anybody else just catch that? He dropped an I love you at the end of the interview. Take care, man. I love you. I wasn't there for the video feed of that, but I would have loved to see Dion's response after that. Remember, rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation podcast network. Huge, huge guests this week. Off season may be here, but we are not going anywhere. Definitely want to follow us. We will make it worth your while. Enjoy the game, everybody.